0: This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Monday, August 7th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be back with you here after what has been a very tough, trying, and challenging week for my wife and I and our family. Thank you to those who sent out well wishes. Greatly appreciate that. Appreciate your support as well here, and definitely, you know, it's also nice to hear that, The article has been missed. The podcast has been missed. I know it's part of your daily routine. It's obviously part of mine throughout the course of the season as well. So thank you so much to everybody for sticking with it. And I won't get too preachy and I won't say too much. But the one thing I will say to you here today, make sure you call your parents, check in. If you have the ability to do that, make sure that you try to keep in constant contact with them if you can, just to check in, catch up, whatever the case may be. Uh, We got a lot to talk about here with the Major League Baseball slate. 12 games on the betting board here for Monday. A couple of overarching points first that I wanted to bring up because it's been a few days since I've talked to you. Uh, You know, obviously, we had the trade deadline and, you know, all the things that kind of come into play with that. And some teams that were buyers are not playing well. The Angels, they've dropped six in a row. Uh, The Padres were a team that opted not to sell. They've wound up struggling here as well. So it's definitely been an interesting post-trade deadline, to say the least. And it's a good reminder that just because teams buy, just because teams send that message to their players that they're going for it, that they believe in them, all that kind of thing, doesn't always translate to wins, doesn't always translate to success. The other thing I want to mention here is over the last seven days, so last Tuesday to last Monday through Sunday, Home run to fly ball percentage, 14.9%. So we've still seen a lot of home runs here in the second half of the season. That would lead me to believe that maybe the ball is a little bit different. Maybe Major League Baseball got through their stockpile in the first half of the season. Now they wind up using some different balls that have possibly been created you know, over the last few months. Maybe the ball is a little bit different because we can't at this point use that excuse about pitchers not being in rhythm, having long layoffs, all those kinds of things. Now at this point in time, it seems like home runs are just up a little bit around Major League Baseball, and that is something that has continued. 13.8% home run to fly ball percentage in the second half overall. For the season, 12.6%. And as I mentioned the last seven days, up around 15%. We're not seeing that much of a difference in average fly ball distance, and the weather definitely playing a part. It continues to be very hot around the country. But that being said, you know, Still, over the last seven days here, we have seen a pretty big uptick in terms of home runs relative to fly balls. One thing I want to get to before I mention today's card, College Football Betting Guide came out on Thursday over at vcin.com. The only way to get that, to be a vcin pro subscriber. Very proud of that publication that we put together and put out. Uh, 133 team previews, feature articles, best bets from the staff. Some picks from not only v hosts and writers, but also some of the DraftKings network personalities as well. So if you have not yet gotten the 2023 College Football Betting Guide, now is the time to do that. Also, in 24 days from today, August 31st, which is a week before the NFL season starts, we will be doing our refreshed NFL Betting Guide with updates on some injuries. Uh, We're going to try to get a bet from everybody who's on air, so that'll be coming out here on August 31st. So, another thing for you to look forward to if you are a VSIN pro subscriber. And if you are not, I don't know what the hell you're waiting for because we offer a lot over there at the website. We got some more betting tools that we'll be rolling out here as we get into the football season as well. So, plenty of good things coming your way if you are a VSIN pro subscriber. All right. So, let's get to the 12 games here that we've got on the betting board for Monday. Some of these I will kind of bypass quickly because there are some games. We've got a lot of heavy favorite roles, and the dogs are just not all that interesting, not all that exciting to take a look at. But we start with the Dodgers and the Padres, the lone day game on the board here for today, 410 Eastern Time, first pitch at Petco Park. Tony Gonsolin and Seth Lugo here in this one. And we've seen a decent wave of money going towards the Padres here in this one. Gonsolin, a guy that has some negative regression signs in the profile, 411 ERA, 488 expected ERA, 486 FIP in his 17 starts allowed one run on five hits last time out but that was against Oakland gave up 29 runs over his previous six starts so wouldn't exactly say that Tony Gonsolin is a trustworthy guy in my mind Lugo 354 ERA 417 expected so that's a little bit on the high side but a 375 FIP for him and since he returned from the injured list spent about a month on it June 20th return He's allowed two or fewer runs in six of his eight starts, 304 ERA, 358 FIP. So Lugo throwing the ball well. a bit of a wild card, not exactly sure what you're going to get from him on a day in and day out basis. But again, the Dodgers are just a more consistent team, the better offensive team, even though San Diego has been quite good offensively in the second half, specifically against left-handed pitching. They don't get a lefty here today. Gonsolin is right-handed. So No play for me on this one, but interesting to see San Diego getting out there into the minus 140s as a favorite with a total of nine in that one. I got a play on Nationals and Phillies, so we'll skip over that and head to Cincinnati, where Yuri Perez makes his return for the Marlins. Got sent down the first week of July. A lot of people very skeptical of that decision. And since then, the Marlins have been quite bad, and they've been really bad here in the second half. They've dropped 16 of 21 Kind of playing themselves out of that wild card picture. But Perez comes back 236 ERA, 370 FIP, and 53 and a third innings pitched over 11 starts. Miami is protecting their investment here. Yuri Perez is 20 years old. Hopefully, this kid has a long career ahead of him. And he's never really worked all that hard over the course of a major league season because he is only 20 years old. Up until this year, he had not thrown more than 78 innings. In his first two seasons as a pro, he's up to 90 innings this season so far. So, yeah, it's great to have him back, and the Marlins are a big favorite here behind Perez. About a dollar forty favorite, total of 10.5 down at Great American Ballpark. But don't expect this kid to hang around for a long period of time. And also, he only threw two minor league starts. They really, truly shut him down to monitor his innings, control his workload. He threw 63 pitches in his last start at double A over five and two thirds. So or over three and a third, I think, actually. So this is a thing where, you know, he's not going to get pushed to the limit. They are going to be very, very careful with him. So keep that in mind if you're betting, you know, strikeout props, out props, stuff like that. Perez will not be getting a full workload in this start or probably in most of his starts. So that'll be something you want to keep in mind with the Marlins right hander. Again, as I mentioned, total of 10.5, despite the good numbers for Yuri Perez, and a lot of that has to do with Great American Ballpark, a lot of that also has to do with Brandon Williamson of the Reds. 485 ERA, 572 expected, 525 FIP. Cincinnati, one of those teams that opted not to get any starting pitching help at the trade deadline, they're waiting for Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo to come back, didn't want to give up any of their assets in the minor league system with the high cost of pitching at the deadline, but they've paid for it because they're not playing well. So we'll see what they get out of Williamson here today. He is a lefty. Uh, the Marlins are very, very strong against lefties. They've been good all year long, a top-five caliber offense in that split. So nothing from me here in this one, but obviously we'll all be keeping an eye on Yuri Perez and what he does in a pretty tough pitching environment. Braves and Pirates, not much to say about this one. The Braves, 280 favorite, total of 8.5 in this one. It's Spencer Strider Day for Atlanta, so that's why they're a huge favorite in this one, 42 strikeouts and four starts since the All-Star break should be able to neutralize this Pittsburgh offense. Osvaldo Beto getting the start for Pittsburgh, a guy that's only given up two homers in his 33 innings pitched, so maybe he has a chance against Atlanta, but also a guy who's only throwing three or four innings per start here when he goes out there. The Cubs and the Mets. Now, I haven't been able to talk to you in a few days with everything going on, but something that's a pretty interesting development here to look at for the Mets Um, Not only do they suck right now, but they'll probably suck throughout the rest of the season because there is great incentive for them to tank as much as possible. So if the Mets end up with a top six draft pick in the 2024 MLB draft, based on how they finish this season, they will stay wherever that pick is. If they are not in the top six, their pick will drop 10 spots because of how high their payroll is. So this is one of the things that major league baseball has put in because you have the imbalanced financial system. There is no salary cap, just the competitive balance tax and all these types of things. But one of the other punishments is your draft pick drops. So for the Mets here, there is tremendous incentive to be as bad as possible the rest of the way. And they're doing a very good job of it here because they've dropped, I think it's six in a row. Uh, They're not playing well and they won't play well throughout the rest of the season. And, The players themselves typically don't tank, but there are decisions you can make as a manager, as a front office, stuff like that, to try and help your cause with being as bad as possible. So we do see the Mets a short favorite today, though, with Drew Smiley on the mound for the Cubs and Kodai Senga going for New York. They're about a minus 110, minus 115 favorite, total of eight and a half or nine out there. The reason why they're a favorite, despite this situation that they're in and how poorly they're playing, is because Drew Smiley has been bad for a while now. 471 ERA, 493 FIP. He actually had a 327 ERA and a 393 FIP in his first 13 starts. But over his last eight appearances, 694 ERA, 643 FIP. It's been really bad for Drew Smiley here, basically since the early part of June. And this will be his first start since July 17th, unless the Cubs decide to use an opener for him. But Senga, 325 ERA, 365 expected, 375, 110 and two-thirds innings pitched. High strikeout rate, high walk rate. Story remains the same for Kodai Senga. That's how this season has just gone for him. Obviously, the Cubs are playing way better than the Mets are. The Cubs opted not to sell. They're a game and a half back in the Central. And if the playoffs started today, would play against the Reds for the right to be a wildcard team in a tiebreaker situation. So the Cubs playing very well, the Mets are not, but the difference between Smiley and Senga keeps me off of that game. One more here in the National League, then we'll take a short break. Rockies and Brewers, not really a whole lot to say about this one either. Brewers, minus 225, minus 230 favorite, total of eight and a half. Freddie Peralta on the bump for the Brew Crew, and you've got Peter Lambert going for the Rockies in this one. Lambert, ERA up over five. Is pitching well, though, since he jumped into the rotation. Four runs allowed on eight or over, excuse me, 18 and a third innings pitch, but only 10 strikeouts in those 18 innings. So not really seeing anything sustainable in the profile there for Lambert. So I wouldn't really expect a whole lot out of him here in this one. Peralta, a guy that you want to watch as we go throughout the second half here, because he's a guy who hasn't really thrown a lot of innings at the big league level. He's had several seasons, but he's battled a lot of injuries or he's been kind of treated with kid gloves, stuff like that. He's up over 100 innings for just the second time in his MLB career here. So that's something that you'll want to watch as we go forward. But right now, you know, against the Rockies should be just fine in this one. We'll be right back after a short break on v Daily Baseball Bets. All right, back here on Vsin Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for this and all of the podcasts in our v family here. And, of course, I'll be on the College Football Betting Podcast again this season with Tim Murray doing the early week episode Monday night into Tuesday morning. So keep an eye out for that. And, of course, we've had some of our conference preview shows out already as well. One other housekeeping note to mention, again, as you know, as I mentioned here on the show before, YouTube TV getting NFL Sunday ticket. If you're subscribing to YouTube TV to watch Sunday Ticket or just because you're cutting the cord with cable, get the Sports Plus Package because you can watch Vison the Sports Betting Network, 24-7 on YouTube TV as part of that Sports Plus Package. So make sure you check that out if you are a YouTube TV subscriber. Moving on to the rest of the card here, we got five games in the American League, one interleague matchup to get to here on the show. Going to roll through these in rapid-fire fashion because tough to like a whole lot of things here, a lot of bigger favorites in these games that are coming up, including the Twins, who are laying a hefty number on the road at Comerica Park. Pablo Lopez, Joey Wentz in this one. Lopez, the peripherals look good. The ERA is starting to come down a little bit as well. 401 ERA, but a 320 expected, 339 FIP. Phenomenal strikeout rate up at almost 30% for Lopez. Had some rough starts here and there, and that's kind of driven up his ERA a little bit, but should be in good shape here against the Tigers, who are. Not good at all offensively, and they haven't been throughout the course of the season. 27th and WOBA here at 293 against righties in the second half. So a good matchup here for Lopez. You think about strikeout props, out props, stuff like that should be in pretty good shape here today. And as far as Wentz goes, the one thing working for him is that he's left-handed, and the Twins have been much better against righties than they have against lefties throughout the course of the season. However, Minnesota really swinging the bats well. In the second half here, they got a 352 Wobo, 127 WRC plus. They are mauling right-handed pitching. They're a little bit above league average against lefties as well. So a tough matchup here for Joey Wentz and the Tigers. Again, I think if you wanted to attack this game with some Pablo Lopez player props, that may be the way to go. Royals and Red Sox, interesting game here. Cole Reagans gets the start for Kansas City. Brian Bayo getting the call for Boston. Bayo, it's been rough here of late, 379 ERA, 414 expected, 440 FIP. However, his last four starts, he's given up 16 runs over 22 innings, had a kid, had some time in the Dominican Republic over the All-Star break, had to go back for the birth of the kid. Three of his four starts on the road, two of them out on the West Coast, had one in Chicago coming out of the break as well. He's had a lot going on here, so we'll see if he's able to settle in, kind of get used to what his new normal will be, Going forward, maybe a good matchup here today against the Royals, possibly somewhere where he can kind of bounce back a little bit. But Cole Reagan's is interesting. One run on 11 hits and 11 innings and two starts for the Royals. He was in the oldest Chapman deal. So he gets a fresh start here with Kansas City where they're in dire need of starting pitching. So Reagan slots right in the rotation. He struck out 11 in those 11 innings. A little bit of a velo bump as well and pitching quite nicely. Thought about the under 10 in this game, but sweating unders at Fenway Park is just not an exciting way to go about your day when it comes to Major League Baseball. So didn't take this one, but Cole Reagan's a guy I am watching very closely as we go forward here. Blue Jays and the Guardians. We got Hunjin Ryu taking the mound for the Blue Jays. $1.30 favorite, total of 8.5 in this one. Gavin Williams goes for Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is in a funk right now. Uh, you know, the blown save yesterday for Emmanuel Clase, all three runs unearned. Uh, Cleveland's just not playing well, and they're also not hitting again. And that's what makes this handicap so tough, because Hunjin Ryu has only made one start at the MLB level since last June. So you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. He know, four runs on nine hits in his first start back, but that was against Baltimore. But he did allow a homer, only had three strikeouts, bunch of hard-hit contact against. So not really sure what he's going to look like here today against Cleveland. Meanwhile, Cleveland's sending out Gavin Williams. Some negative regression signs in the profile for him 338 ERA, 453 expected, 430 FIP. But his walk rate is really high, and that's what's hurting his expected ERA and his FIP. Other than that, he's induced a lot of weak contact, and he's been really, really good against righties. Righties only have a 259 Woba against him. The Blue Jays, a very, very right handed heavy lineup. So maybe a good matchup here for Williams. Probably would have thought about the under if I had a better grasp of what we'd get from Ryu, but this total has also gone up to eight and a half or almost to nine, I believe. Some places showing nine. So, yeah, this total is going up a little bit. Nothing here in this game for me, but, of course, it'll be interesting to see if Cleveland can write the ship, now being four and a half games back in the Central Division. Garrett Cole, Dylan Cease between the Yankees and the White Sox. The Yankees laying a big road number in support of Cole, not a big surprise. 264 ERA, 360 expected, 326 FIP, 143 and a third. Cole's seen a strikeout rate decrease this season, but he's also done a much better job of limiting home runs. So you take the good with the not as good, and Cole is having a phenomenal season, and of course, up there as one of the top candidates to win the American League Cy Young Award, even though his team certainly not performing up to expectations here. For this season, but a good matchup for Cole in all likelihood, the White Sox have hit lefties very well in the second half, kind of back to their M.O., but they do not hit righties at all whatsoever. And in fact, if you look at the first five team total for Chicago, it's just one and a half. So obviously their baseline very, very low in this game here. As far as Cease goes, it was kind of tough to know where he's at. 461 ERA, 417 expected, 374 FIP. Weird year. You know, he was expecting to probably get moved at the trade deadline, didn't. Last two starts, 11 runs on 16 hits and seven and a third. Prior to that, he was pretty good against a couple of tough lineups in Atlanta and Minnesota. So you don't really know what you're going to get. The Yankees offense is not trustworthy. White Sox traded away their entire bullpen, basically, the trade deadline. Just a tough game there where I think Cole's going to be really good, but his prices are kind of cost prohibitive here as a big favorite with that really low team total for Chicago maybe an outs prop for Cole, something like that. I believe he's gone into the seventh inning in each of his last two starts, actually into the eighth inning, I think in his last start. So uh, maybe an outs prop for Cole, something like that, but nothing else of interest for me. Got a play on Rangers and A's, so we'll get back to that in a second. We got the Giants and the Angels, Logan Webb and Patrick Sandoval in this one, couple of ground ball artists out in the Bay Area. Sandoval, talked about him a lot throughout the course of the season here. 411 ERA, 435 expected, 407 FIP, 19 starts, 103 innings pitched. Would expect his numbers to be better. High ground ball rate, good swinging strike rate, at least a little bit better than league average, but he's not getting the swinging strikes with two strikes. So a lot of balls in play, a lot of negative variance, some sequencing bad luck for him, which happens because the Angels have been a bad defensive team for a very, very long period of time here. Logan Webb, 345 ERA, 357 expected, 337 FIP, 61% ground ball rate. Tough to score off of him. Did get rocked a few starts ago by Washington. That was a start on the road for him, and he has struggled a bit on the road. 475 ERA compared to a 223 at home. Not at home in this one, but has pitched well over his last couple of starts. So we'll see what happens in this one with Logan Webb, but tough to do anything with this game. Both of these offenses you know, struggling here, especially San Francisco's against lefties here in the second half, 248 Woba, 54 WRC plus overall, they've scored 79 runs in 22 games. So not a good look here for the Giants offense of late. All right, two plays for today, both totals. We start in the National League and you can find this one at nine and a half at some shops. Now it is the Nationals and the Phillies, Trevor Williams, Ranger Suarez in this one. Williams, 472 ERA, 518 expected ERA, 555 FIP. He's just having a bad year. You know, the peripherals are not good. 15% home run to fly ball percentage, 22 homers allowed. A very warm night coming in Philadelphia. Warm, humid, sticky, gross. Should be the kind of day where the ball carries pretty well there at Citizens Bank Park. And the Phillies, of course, with some good power, with some productive hitters. Maybe Trey Turner kind of getting it turned around a little bit here as well. But for the Nationals, again, they've been really good against lefties throughout the course of the season, and they're a top 10 offense against lefties here in the second half, 347 Woba, 117 WRC+. Plus. And Ranger Suarez has struggled here in the second half, 20 runs allowed in his previous five starts, 12 runs on 31 hits over 23 and the third innings in the second half. He gave up 10 hits in his last outing and only gave up one run against Miami. If he does that today against the Nationals, I expect them to take advantage. Washington, again, good offense against lefties, but also a really good offense in terms of strikeout avoidance. So a lot of balls in play. The Phillies are still a bit of a shaky defensive team at times also. So I think we get a lot of balls in play in this game. That should lead to some run scoring opportunities. The other thing is Washington's bullpen. Three, there are three main relievers, Kyle Finnegan, Jordan Weems, and Andres Machado have all pitched three straight days. So they're probably all unavailable today or used only in case of extreme emergency. So as a manager, when you know that your high-leverage guys are unavailable, you're going to have to push Trevor Williams today. And Trevor Williams, a guy that just doesn't really have the quality of stuff to work all that deep into games. So like the over, it was 10 for the time of the article, 10 at reduced juice, 9.5 a half's out there now as well. So like the over between the Nationals and the Phillies. The other one for me, as I mentioned, also a total, the over out in Oakland. We got Texas and Oakland. It'll be Dane Dunning going for the Rangers. Ken Waldachuk getting the start here for the A's. Dunning, 314 ERA, 456 expected, 413 FIP, 114 and two-thirds innings pitched. The thing for Dunning is, again, just a lot of regression signs in the profile. And he's had some rough outings here recently. I think more rough outings are going to come. And for Oakland, as bad as they are, they've actually been pretty good in the second half here offensively. 321 WOBA, 114 WRC plus at home since the break, 106 WRC plus against righties in the second half. So they've been an above average offense. Uh, you know, getting some call-ups and getting some young guys, a little bit more playing time, stuff like that. They've been a pretty good offense here in the second half, at least, you know, kind of according to their standards. And of course, for Texas. They've been a good offense all year long. Got Corey Seager back a few days ago. Should do a number here on Waldachuk. The Rangers have been among the league's best against lefties throughout the course of the season. 357 Woba, 129 WRC plus in the second half. 348 against lefties, 123 WRC plus. So I think both of these offenses can find some success here. Rangers bullpen, a lot of guys that have worked back-to-backs. I think three guys that have worked back-to-backs out of their bullpen. Uh, the Rangers have used their primary relievers extensively. So I like the over eight and a half out there on the West coast between the Rangers and the A's good to get back in the swing of things here on and daily baseball bets. Thank you again for those that reached out uh, during a difficult time for my family and my wife's family. So thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Good to be back. Good to be back with the article again, the podcast Monday through Friday here on Vston daily baseball bets, the article monday through saturday so barring any other hiccups or interruptions we should be back on our regularly scheduled programming here with the show and the article so thank you again everybody five-star reviews always appreciated head to vsin.com and get that college football betting guide and we'll talk to you again tomorrow with another edition of vsin daily baseball bets infinity presents a new chapter in luxury